My name is Mary Gizo, and I want to welcome you to the inaugural Five Fridays podcast, brought to you by Digital and Creative Talent. Now, some of you might be saying to yourself, self, what is it that Five Fridays actually means? And I think that's a really good question, but the better question is, why can't every day at work feel like a Friday? And that's something we think about a lot at DCT, Digital and Creative Talent, We feel like life is too short and your work takes up too much of your time for it to not feel like a Friday every single day. It should be that exciting all the time. And you shouldn't be stuck in a job that bores you and doesn't uh, tickle your fancy 100%. So that's what Five Fridays means to us. So every couple of weeks on the podcast, we'll have an interview with a different professional in the fields of technology, digital marketing, graphic design, or content creation with the specific purpose of sharing how they got to where they are today, their tactics, their experiences, both good and bad. Really, it's an insider's look at getting jobs in particular fields. And for our first podcast, I am interviewing my buddy Dave. He and I used to work together at the same company. He's still there right now. And he is a programmer. He is a business application developer. So he's going to be talking about technology and getting uh, a job as a developer and his trials and tribulations along the way. So that's what's coming up right now. A quick word of warning, this was the first podcast I've recorded. So it ended up being super long and I had to pare it down a bunch. And because I had to, you know, cut out our stupid inside jokes and ramblings into technology that ultimately probably weren't really interesting... There will be occasional little subject hops, um, but it's not a big deal, and it shouldn't really detract from his main points, I hope. And that's also something that'll be happening uh, less and less as I get the hang of this. So I hope you enjoy this first recording. I I hope you learn a lot. And this is it. This is Dave for Five Fridays. So when you were... University of Florida, right? Yeah. Sorry. I, I know there's several different Florida school names that I'm always... Pissed. It's the University of Florida. It's the Florida. Yeah, we're going to get upset because it's the University of Florida. It's University of Florida. Was that the only kind of... Is that the only career thing you pursued? There? When I say career thing, I say, like, did they do any other... I know, I know, like, basically all universities these days have career offices you can go to. So that wasn't thing. the only thing I did. Um, there were... Um, there's like a... It was a career development... Facility, or I think they call it center. I think they called it. I don't remember what they called it. Um, but you could go and you could have people look through your resume and be like, "Oh, I don't think this this is not going to fly." No, this no one is... cares that you walk dogs when you were six years old, sort of. Thing. Oh <laughs> man, I saw a resume the other day, and they said that they were proficient in the keyboard and the ten key. We're going to get to that later. Yeah. Because I really, I really want to know more about your hiring process, or as much as you can tell me anyway. But the, um, oh my gosh, so I did. Keyboard. Yeah, so I I went there. Um, I went to, like, networking events, so, like, I went to, like, maybe one or two ACM events. What's ACM? The Associated, uh, Association of Computer Machinery. Oh, okay, yeah, it's like, I knew that acronym, but I couldn't remember what it was. Right, I never went to any of the IEEE stuff, because they were more looking at at EEs and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Um, so I did that, and I didn't find a lot of use for it. I felt like it was a very clicky sort of club. Yeah? Um. Is that... I... The ACM events, uh, a lot of them, this could probably be only my my school, a lot of them were, like, friends from programming club, right? Because there's a programming competition the ACM holds. Okay. Uh, and I wasn't a part of that, so I didn't really know anyone. They all knew each other. So, it was a little clicky. Oh, 
Well, clicky by virtue of the fact that you found out about it as kind of a third party. You weren't coming in with a group of other exactly, friends. exactly. Sort of thing, especially in college and high school. And yeah, school, and, and a lot of a lot of my friends um, in the computer science program sort of did what I did, which was look at. Uh, they went to you know career fairs. There was a, there was one little career fair just for computer scientists, um, and I went to that. Two years? Oh, three years? Okay. I went three years in a row. Okay. I almost got a job a few times. Um, you got to remember, the time when we, I was in school was in the middle of the recession. That's right. No one was hiring. Like, you had to be top student. You had to be, like, worth yeah. the... You had to be a guarantee. You had to you be, had be a, a guarantee. You had to be a slam dunk. <laughs> you had to look great on paper so they could sell it for the measly 50 sure. grand they were going to hire you yeah. for. Um and I wasn't that. Sure. Yeah. I, I I know that I wasn't that. I wasn't I knew, either when I came out of college. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. it just makes it hard in a recession. Sure. So, you that's the only thing I, I think is unique about my experience coming out from a lot of the students I see now is they can get a job because people have money to give them jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Startups are getting more Series A funding than ever before. Yeah. Um. B- big businesses are in, are doing great now, right? They've, they've recovered from the recession. A lot of them are on the rise. They all have money. They all want to expand. They all want to start competing with the um, with the internet companies of the world. So uh, there are jobs out there for people, and you don't need to necessarily look great on paper anymore to get through the process. I had to look great on paper. And I didn't look great on paper. And I didn't know really how to... T- the thing I would tell people when I gave them my resume is like, Hey, here's here's my resume. And they go, oh, okay. Um, I noticed your GPA's not on here. Can you can you tell me about that? Um, my GPA's not really that great. But the passion... I have so much passion. I love it. If you want to talk about anything in this field, I'll talk to you for hours on end. And I'll show you my wealth and, and of knowledge. Unfortunately, unless you have a 3.75, this was an actual number a company gave me, which means you basically only got one A, or you only, you never got less than one, uh, or B, like one B. Um, I was like, oh, sorry. It's like, well, first of all, I completely identify with that because when I was at tech, I went to a handful of career fairs and until my last one my senior year wherein I knew the person at the booth who said give me your resume I, I know you're great which is why internal referrals are awesome but I had oh. a lot of people coming up to me and saying basically thanks come back when your GPA is higher which is really crushing when you're going to a tough school you're taking really difficult classes and yeah um, I don't think anyone can argue that a, any decent computer science program is pushing it for four years right so like Getting it done in four years is extraordinarily difficult, oh, yes. right? It's sure. it's so much work. It's so much. Uh, All right, let's not get too far off track. Yeah. Okay, so you you use their <clears throat> excuse me uh, resume help. You went to a handful of their um, career, uh, fairs career fairs for both the the overall technical and the computer science. You went um, to the MCA gathering, which was it? ACM. Excuse me, God, ACM, which. While clicky, did you find any use otherwise, or did that that clickiness really? I think it would have been really useful had I been in with the group. I think it would have been really useful. Um, 
but it, it just didn't turn out that way. The other thing I did, and this is something I wish I had done more of, was I talked to everyone. I just talked to anybody in my program I could. Like, even if it was just for five minutes. Well... Do you mean professors? Do you mean classmates? Yes. Do you yes. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. I talked to my professors. I talked to my classmates. I found one guy who was like... He was definitely the smartest one in my class. And he's like, oh yeah, all I want to do is like write scheduling for kernels. I was like, dude... You go for it, man. That sounds super boring <laughs> and really tough, but you are definitely the smartest we one in this group. And we definitely need a better kernel scheduler. Um, I, I should look up his name and see if he's done any commits to the Linux kernel. I mean, because you can just go find that out. Um, and I talked to everyone. And I actually found um, uh, in one of my classes, uh, surprisingly enough, I met one of the founders of GrooveShark. Really? Because GrooveShark... They just, they just closed their doors like well, a couple months ago. Because after I talked... Well, I'll tell you one thing. While talking to everyone is a good idea, everyone isn't good to talk to. Sure. Um, Give me an example. I so these guys, <laughs> these guys, um, Grushark, I it was great to meet them, great to talk to them, um, but they were jerks. Really? They're, they're giant jerks. They thought, like, and I told them, I was like, hey, like, this is my first, this is like right, right when I started school, like, I was one, I took Java 1 because I was still a computer science minor at this point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, this stuff is really interesting to me. I'd, I'd love to see if I can contribute. And they were brand new at this, right? They were still releasing their app as a Java client to the desktop. It's a long time ago, right? This is wow. like 2006. Yeah. This yeah, is, is this time. is nine years ago. Um, wow, 2006 was nine years ago. Congratulations, you're getting old. Anyways, <laughs> and um, I went out to lunch with them. Really? So you so when you talk about talking to people, you're not just talking about catching them after class and saying, "Hey, bro, I think you're good at writing code." You're talking about go meet them, go talk to them, be a person, right? Like if you're gonna network, network, be a person, go talk to them. They're well, a human being. To be fair, they get I mean, hungry too. I think networking is kind of hard for a lot of people in kind of the programming industry because a lot of us are naturally uh, maybe introverts or don't want con- to. I totally get that, and uh, luckily for me, I'm, I'm a total extrovert. I'm I'm a f- I feel like I'm few and far between, mm-hmm. um, but. I will say one thing I have known is anytime you get really comfortable, it's probably not of benefit to you. You should be pushing yourself. You should be a little uncomfortable at all points. I mean, maybe when you, maybe when I get a little older, I'll be like, you know what? I've been uncomfortable. I'm good. I get it. (laughs) I'm young. I, this is not the time for me to be comfortable. And admirable of you. I mean, when you're sometimes when you're young, when you're talking night being eighteen, nineteen, right into college. I mean, right out of high school, you often don't know, you don't know what you need to be doing. I think that's really cool that you were able to say, hey, you know what? I, I it might make me uncomfortable, which I think it didn't, but it might make me comfortable. But I'm going to talk to these Groove Shark guys, and not only am I going to talk to them, but I'm going to go out to lunch with them. Well, yeah. So it's like, I mean. Really, lunch that day, I, the, the, what I remember most is, like, I went to the Groove Shark offices, um, which was, like, a total shithole. It was just, <laughs> it was just, like, broken lights, and, like, there was stuff strewn everywhere, and it was, it was just no good. And then, I was like, well, I'm really hungry, I'm gonna go get some Cuban food, right? Being in Florida, I can get Cuban food anytime. Of course. And they're like, oh, we're hungry too. I was like, let's all go to lunch. And that was it. Um, unfortunately, what I should have realized was, uh, that lunch was an interview. Oh. 
which is not cool. Yeah. I've heard about people doing this in, uh, in the industry now. Yes. And it's like, you know what you're doing? What you're doing is lying to the to your candidate. Yeah, you're, you're ambushing the candidate. You're totally you're ambushing them. You're like, oh, I want to make sure I can go eat lunch with you. And to be quite frank, well, you know, being able to go eat lunch with someone like you, Mary, right? We're friends outside of this. Sure. Um, that's great. But if I want to go hire people to work for them, like, I don't necessarily care if I can go eat lunch with them. That's also walking that really fine line between um, culture fit and like borderline discrimination, it's that's a really tough line to walk, and I think that that lunch, that spontaneous lunch interview can be problematic for those same reasons. So I'll say the things that I think are culture fit are what kind of culture do you have around, at least in our field, software development? Do you have the mentality that you should go and ask a lot of questions? Do you have the mentality that? Um, you should tinker a lot to figure out answers. Do you have the mentality you're going to go ask people about that or about, like, questions you might have? Or are you going to go Google it? Like, those are the kind of cultural things I think are really relevant to our industry. I know plenty of people who will not get to go get a beer with me at Meehan's. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are not completely uninterested in getting a beer with me because sure. they have families or they don't drink. Or any other number of reasons. That shouldn't affect how I hire them. Because when they're working. And they're not drinking beer. They might be really, really good at their job. I'm really impressed. You did a lot. You, you made it sound at first like. I just went to this one event. And then I got an internship at this company. But in reality. You used a lot of the services that you have offered. You have offered. Uh, I would actually say. Um, in terms of career stuff. I think I only scratched the surface. Really? Oh, there's tons of stuff going on. I mean, it's such a big university. There's always some event. Um, I mean, there were so many competitions that were basically like career building events. And mm-hmm. I only did one of them, which was the Microsoft Puzzle Challenge. Um, that's the only competition I did went. There, I knew people who were at competitions like every month doing stuff. Good for you. Um, to... to um... Not good for one. me. We'll say, we'll say good, for, good for you doing that one at least. Cause, well, I was, sorry, I said good for you because I was thinking about myself and saying, you know, I didn't, I, when I look back at what I did, um, I feel like I did not take advantage of nearly the number of things that I should have. I mean, I only recently started doing like hackathons and stuff and I was thinking to myself, why didn't I do this? And I have a lot of reasons for that, but getting back to you. So, I mean, I think all universities probably have a really nice wide breadth of career things that I, I wonder if. It sounds like you knew about them. I feel like a lot of things I didn't know about, and I wonder if they're not advertising them correctly, or if I just wasn't paying attention. Okay, so it's it's it's. I think it's both. Um, they public universities. Uh, we both went to a public university. Right. Have a lot of bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So, like when it comes to marketing, they're terrible. They're just <laughs> bad at marketing. Okay. They're just really bad at it. They don't know how to get the message out. Um, they always need help with it. Uh, so it falls on the shoulders of the people who are trying to market that specific product, right? Mm-hmm. The career development workshop at UF is a product that UF offers. Sure. Um, I don't actually even remember how I heard of it. Um, I heard about the computer science career fair because uh, someone from the ACM came and like interrupted one of our classes. Okay. And that's how I knew that this was happening, and I knew it happened every year. 
because one person interrupted a class. Okay. Which, yeah, that's a pretty terrible way of getting the word out, <laughs> but it did get the word out. The other thing was, I, <laughs> you know those boards that are full of, like, terrible, like, pick one of me, I want to sell a sofa, or yeah, little, pick, rip off or like, hey, this is like, this is like, I stapled uh, a flyer for a music venue yeah, that's like hosting some terrible band. Yeah. Apparently, all across the U of campus, there are like signs for the CDW and the career fair and all this that's thing pretty, and that uh, thing. Outdated analog technology. But unless, <laughs> unless you're paying attention. Right. You know, I find it, I think, I think we can agree have you seen a college website lately? They're not yeah, really they're in really the 21st terrible. century they're yet. Really bad. They're really bad. I mean, registration has got to be one of the worst experiences of any college student's career. I think by now that we would have this technology pretty well ironed out, right? We're but so bad. We're so bad at. It. But but I think it's a, I think it's a combination. Coming back to the question, I think it's a combination of both, right? Yeah. I think they're bad at marketing, and I think the way they do market is not conducive to people noticing it. So then you just like sort of live your life, and you're like, I'm just gonna go get a beer now because I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this terrible professor. Right. And then you miss the board that's like, come get a job and not deal with this professor anymore. All right, so so let's move. Let's move from your young and frivolous college days. And move to... You need something? And move to... Oh, I see. Turning on the light. Smart move. Uh, and, and move to you uh, getting this interview, and then the interview to the internship, and the internship to your full-time job. What was the uh, interview like? Now, you were in, interviewing for an internship, so maybe that would be diff- uh, different from a full-time position, but tell me about it anyway. Was it highly technical? Was it more No. Soft? So, I didn't get a single technical question. I had they asked me oh, um, some softies uh, on the phone screen, and they're like, oh, we really like you, and they emailed me back. It's like, hey, uh, go uh, go to Atlanta. Like, we want to we wanna check you out. So I, uh, I drove up here with two other people that got interviews. We, uh, we split the gas money. Um, very economical, remember? I love business. You, you know, got to save the money. Also, I didn't want to drive to Atlanta alone. Uh, that's a really boring six and a half hour drive through yeah. South Georgia. Uh, lots true, of liquor, a lot of liquor store signs to deal with. Um, I came up here, I got in, um, and I interviewed and they're like, Oh, what do you like? And I was like, Oh, I'm really interested in with like cutting edge technology, like just how it's shaping like previous technologies like that. And I was like, I, I tried to, you know, stand up a, a Cassandra ring with some VMs, and then the next question was, did you get it working? To which I said, no, it failed terribly, because I don't understand <laughs> how to, like, I wasn't a good system administrator. Was this a technical person? Because I feel like a BA person might not have known what a Cassandra ring is. So, um, there were, there was one developer and two managers. One of the managers had had, he had a degree in computer science, but he wasn't very technical. Um, but it turned out that his team was the team that would eventually stand up Cassandra uh, oh. at this company that I was working for. And eventually I would go on to work for this guy, which is, is kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's the circle of life. Um, and then they asked me, he was like, oh, why do you like programming? And I, I gave him, you know, like the answer I, I normally give people as to why I like programming, which is it's the only way I know how to write poetry. Um, oh it sounds gosh. really super cliched, but it I does. have. So I'll tell you what. By Dave. 
it, it, it's actually not me. It was uh, I had a, I had to take a, a writing class in, in college, and we it was a really it was a small group of us. It was only like eight or nine of us, um, and I, you could write whatever you want. So I uh, I wrote to use a specific language, right? Like, so if you pick English, you have sure. the rules of English you have to follow, but you're allowed to bend them and break them in ways that allow you to be creative. Okay. It's not unlike, let's say, for instance, Python, right? There are a lot of rules to Python. You have to have four spaces as instead of a tab, right? You uh-huh. have to, there's a naming convention and all this other stuff, but you can still build something very creative out of it, okay. right? So there's a syntax that you have to sort of bend to your will. So I explained all of this to them in the interview, and then that, funny you should mention whether or not it was a technical question, I go, do you guys have any technical questions for me? To which the only technical person in the room said, I do, but I'm pretty sure you can answer all of them. So they didn't even bother asking them to be. um, That's really interesting. And that's how I got my internship. And then I started. uh, Well, before before you say that, did did you ask them any questions? Because normally they say, would you have any questions for us? um, But I did ask a lot of questions. When they asked me, it's like, why do you like computer science? As soon as I said my answer, I go, why do the three of you like computer science? And then I just talked to them. Um, Do you feel like getting that opportunity to talk was really integral in you getting the position? Yes, I think it was. I I think my biggest skill is not my technical ability, which I, I feel fairly confident about it, but it's actually the passion that I have. And the only way you're going to get passion across is if you talk to people. Absolutely. Um, you can't... You can write the best code in the world, but it doesn't necessarily convey any sort of passion for it. Where this interview experience you felt like it wasn't particularly technical but because you expressed such a passion while they might have had some technical questions they really didn't feel like that was just a waste of time it was just a waste of time so you got your internship at the end of the internship they said we're willing to extend you an offer so not at the end of the internship um i graduated this is i graduated when i started my internship okay um and i know that the internship was a it was a way to get a full-time job sure um did you, oh, did you seek other opportunities between, between your friends? Oh, hell yeah, I did. Did you? How did you go about doing that? I went and I interviewed at other places that I didn't tell them I was interviewing anywhere well, else. Where did, how did you do that? Did you use a career board? Did you go to UF and continue using the UF career services? Did you, yeah? Yeah, and I, oh, I went, Did you I, pull up your GPA as other companies that asked you? I only got interviews at companies that didn't ask me about my GPA. Got it. Um, so I had about three other interviews during that time period, um, out of applying to maybe a hundred places. Whoa, you applied to a hundred places? I probably applied to a hundred places. I applied to... Did you do that by handing your resume physically to someone at a career fair? No, so what I did, so what I did was I went to every single software company I could think of and I applied for every job that I thought I was reasonable, reasonably qualified for. you made a list and you said, okay, I'm going to hit every single one today. Sun, Oracle, like I applied for a Sun Microsystems internship in Ireland. I was like, I'm not married. I got no girlfriend. I didn't actually go through the whole internship because I had been graduated. um, My manager at the time knew I interviewed at other places and he didn't want me to leave. Okay. And interns, we were only getting paid. We weren't getting paid too terribly competitive. So for me to find a better, more lucrative position, and I had just moved to Atlanta, so me moving again would not have been a big deal. Um, he just scooped me up after like four weeks. All right. So 
I was not interned for the full 12 summer 12 summer weeks. Gotcha. I was an intern for only four of them. Uh, which is which was good for me because I started nice. getting full time a little exactly. bit sooner. See, that's good that they didn't they didn't make you wait till the end of your internship. They period didn't say, "Oh well, we have to wait till you're done." That's yeah, a, that's a good thing. So, all right, so you've worked there now for how many years? It was four years in May. Happy belated anniversary! So it's like four and a half now. And been close. How many years now have you been part of their uh, internship program where you've actually taken part in recruiting and three, interviewing? Three. Three years. Yeah? Um, yeah. I didn't realize you've gotten started that early. That's really cool. What as soon as, I, as soon as I hit one year, I, I, I tried to get into the internship program. Why? There were a few reasons. One, I knew it was a good career move. The internship okay. program... As you know, it was very... So, to be clear, when, when Dave says the internship program, what he means is being responsible for basically cat herding, uh, interviewing, hiring, and, and herding uh, all of the interns that this company hires... In, in their IT. In IT, to, to kind of preen them and develop them into uh, people they actually want to hire. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, I knew it was a good career move. The program, anyone who helps run the program has, you know... You deal with the director of HR for IT, so you get a lot of good FaceTime. Um, you get to deal with all of the interns, so it's it's a natural networking event, right? You're dealing with their managers, you're dealing with them. Sure. You, you just it's natural networking. Um, but the reason I really liked it was the students aren't jaded yet. If you work for a big company for 20 years. You get a little jaded. There's not really any way around it. If I worked for a company for 20 years, the same company for 20 years, I'd get jaded too. You'd probably get jaded. Anybody who'd work sure. there would probably get jaded. Interns have never worked, like, basically a day in their life. <laughs> so they are nothing, they're everything but jaded. They're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. They are ready to go get the world. And uh, I like that energy. I want that energy. It keeps me sharp. Uh, I, if I'm around a lot of people that if, if you're, if you're the smartest developer in the room, that means you're the developer who's going the least in the room. Right. If you're around a lot of young interns who are learning new technologies earlier than you are, and probably faster than you are, you have to compete to catch up and stay, stay up. So that's great. I love doing that. And I like, I like teaching people. Software, because I think a lot of people people think of software as that app on your phone. When in reality, software is those millions of programs that end up running your life, whether you know it or not. Uh, so I like teaching people like you guys are building the stuff that essentially does keep the lights on. So you like you like the opportunity to in this internship program to grow yourself. Uh, to grow them, to teach them, to kind of mold them in a way that you find appropriate. What's your uh, interview process like? Is it is it more rigorous than the one that you went through? It's far more rigorous than the one I went through. And why um, is that? Um, because I was noticing, and this ended up getting noticed, uh, we were getting a lot of non-technical people in technical roles. And then they would stop being developers and start becoming business analysts. Now, there's nothing wrong with a business analyst role. These guys, they might have known some, but they didn't have a patch for it, so they don't want to write software all day. Sure. Um, so. And you, and 
you want to be able to identify that quickly, nip it in the bud, and say, this is a smart person, but they're not who we're looking for, because I can tell that that passion isn't there. Passion isn't there. Exactly. So, I noticed this, and the rest of my team noticed this, so I do two things. I do a lot of phone screens. Um, actually, I'm doing three things now, but I, I, I'll get to the third one later. Um, I do a lot of phone screens. So a lot of that is project-based. What kind of projects have you worked on? What were some technical challenges? Uh, did, w- did, when you had these technical challenges, did you go on Stack Overflow? Did you Google it? Did you ask your teammates? What did you do to solve these problems, right? Problem thinking. How did you get through software problems? Sure. Um, I don't ask puzzle questions. I think those are completely bullshit. Um, and then I ask like some like fundamental questions. Uh, can you... Like, right now I'm asking, can you explain the difference between inheritance and composition, right? Very technical, um, very technical question, but they don't have to code. They, I, okay. Right? I can't... Well, it's over the phone right now, oh, sorry, so... That's right, that's right, right? over the phone. But you ask technical questions. But I ask technical questions. Now, when I meet them in person, I sort of do the same thing. I ask a little tougher technical questions in that same vein. And then I'll usually ask one or two questions where they have to code. Um, since these are interns, they are not very tough. I don't say, like... I need you to build me a data structure that has O of one time on inserts, uh, O of one time on lookups, but is also self-ordering. I don't ask you to build that. (laughs) I don't care. You're an intern. I don't expect you to know that. I don't expect you to come up with a solution like that ever at the company I'm working for. And if you are doing that, you're probably doing the wrong thing at this company. (laughs) Um, Right? Because we write business applications. I don't need you to do... I don't need you to reinvent an algorithm. Yeah. Um... I need to write really solid code that won't break so I can enjoy my weekend. Right. Um, I don't see a lot of value in grilling people over and over and over again in algorithms. Either they get how to figure out algorithms or they don't. You don't need to show off your sort of dominance. And I think we've heard a lot about the industry these days where they sort of ask, the, like, the, the cla- like, the classic thing that's happening with Google is like, oh, you got to be an algorithms expert to even get through an interview right. at Google, it's like, that might make sense if you're going to be one of the people at Google building, building, you know, the newest, the newest new search algorithm, but for the rest of the people who are writing services and backend, uh, backend applications and web services, I need a good testable code. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Um, and th- that's basically it. I, I, tr- and I, I, I get a feel for how nervous they are and how they deal with pressure and I, I always try to pair myself up in the interview process with someone who's non-technical so they can sort of get more of a soft skills feel because I sort of can mesh with anybody. So I, I'm i not the greatest person to pick cultural fit, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always bring someone that I, I, I know will, will ask those questions or will notice what the candidate does. Um, and that's about it. I don't try to make it so tough that they can't pass. Like, if they're if they are like, stuck on something, I'll try to give them a hint. I won't give them the answer, but I'll give them a hint. Um, the other thing I look for, and this has actually only happened to maybe 5% of the candidates, if they don't know an answer, and they ask me, how do you do it, I almost always pass them. Really? Why? I'm more interested in you as someone who can admit that they don't know something, but is damn sure they're going to figure the answer out. Oh, okay. So it's not that they're saying, I don't know. It's that they're saying, I don't know, but please tell me because I want to know. Yes, exactly. Oh. 
no one in this field is going to know everything. It's such a broad, broad field. I mean, someone in writing, uh, like, game engine code is probably not going to be the greatest at writing web services. And vice versa. So I don't expect anyone to know everything. But what I do expect is that if you don't know it, you're first of all, you're willing to tell me. And second of all, you have enough care and passion in your skill that you're willing to find the answer out and grow yourself. If you're an entry-level candidate, dude, I was an entry-level candidate four or five years ago. I get it. You don't know everything. But if you want to know, I'll tell you. I'll teach you. That's part of the reason I'm on the program because I want to teach people. So you have to admire when someone wants to learn as a teacher. What has made you the most and the least happy at your at your current job? Because one of the things that we're working on, you know, at, at Digital Creative Talent is really getting a better understanding of what makes people want to stay or want to leave a job. It's so the, what are your, what are it's your the same. So it's the same thing. It's freedom. In, freedom. I've had, in my four years, I've had... I was an intern. I was um, a big data developer. I was a big data infrastructure person. I did dev tools, and now I'm doing um, developer tools, and now I'm doing um, some retail software. The one thing that has made me the most happy is when I had the most amount of freedom. And the thing that made me the least happy is when I had the least amount of freedom. So when I was working for some management... So it really comes down to management style. Some managers... They know that you're very creative, that you're going to deliver, and they just sort of make sure people stay out of your way. There are other developer, or there are other managers who, may, and particularly those that I've noticed that um, have either done the work that you've done before in the past, or think they can do the work that you've done in the past. Um, they sometimes act like generals, whereas I know best, and you're going to do it this way. So it's a lack of freedom. I think I think it comes down and there's actually a lot of research that shows this that after a certain point right now in middle class America it's about 70 grand if you're about 70 grand of 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 income more money doesn't equate to like a linear growth in happiness. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think but more freedom almost always gives you growth and happiness. People want to be creative. You have to let them do that. You have to... You have to... Not not to say you have to let them have bad habits, but you have to grow them in a way where their creativity isn't stifled by your need of... delivering. You gotta realize that there is a middle ground in which you can deliver a great product... By letting the other person be creative. And you sort of have to be able comfortable with being uncomfortable in the amount of control you have. Because once you give up, once you give someone freedom, that means you have less control. Which is an uncomfortable position to be for a manager. They want to have nice, strong control. So those are the two big things. It comes down to how much freedom have I had on teams. One team, and I, I almost left I left after six, eight weeks wow. because I knew I was never going to get the freedom that my 
my mind wanted. I was never going to get it. Well, I left. And when I was really happy and I stayed at one position for two and a half years because all I had was freedom. I got to do anything the way I needed to do it. It was awesome. It was great. It was so much fun. Because I got to collaborate on people who also had the same amount of freedom. So we built things that we were really proud of because we built them the way we wanted to build them. You're not going to take pride in your work if someone is like, you're going you're gonna to build it exactly this way. If a carpenter... A carpenter is not going to be satisfied if all they do is get chair specs and it's like, you're going to build this exact same chair the exact same way every single time. Okay. You can't do anything, right? A carpenter wants to be a craftsman and build something that they're proud of. That's a great, phenomenal answer. And with that... And on that bombshell... On that bombshell... It's time to end the program. It's time to end the program. Dave, thank you so much for participating and... Uh, Anytime, Mary. Anytime you want to talk. Yeah. You you it. come find me. You know where I live. Let's let's go have another beer. Yeah, let's do that. All and right. some, maybe some tacos. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, man. No problem. And that was it. That was the end of episode one of Five Fridays. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts, feel free to address them to our varied social media areas. A quick thank you to bensound.com, that's B-E-N sound.com, for our awesome royalty-free intro music. And stay tuned, we'll have another episode in the next couple of weeks. Thanks a bunch, guys. Bye.